Did Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh form their coalition pact to avoid fiscal collapse? Does it mean that huge tax increases are coming? MP Pierre Polyev is here to discuss. I'm Kenneth Malcolm, and this is The Kenneth Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is conservative MP Pierre Polyev. Pierre has served as an MP in the Ottawa-based riding of Carleton since 2004 and is one of the candidates running to be the next leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. So each of the candidates has joined my True North colleague, Andrew Lawton, on his show in the last few weeks, including Pierre, and I really encourage you to go and check out all of those interviews here on our channel. Now, today I want to discuss something a little different. I want to talk about the latest coalition pack, whatever you want to call it, between the Liberals and the NDP and what it will mean in Parliament. So, Pierre, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be with you, Candace. So let's talk about the biggest news in Canadian politics right now. Let, let me hear your opinion on this formal governing agreement between the Liberals and the NDP until 2025. Nobody voted for it. People who voted NDP thought they were advancing an, an, an independent opposition party. Uh, people who voted Liberal didn't realize that they were going to get NDP uh, uh, far left, uh, extreme radical policies. So there will be a lot of betrayed voters for both of those parties. Um, and what does it mean for the country? I think it, it, it means that the, the government will double down on massive deficits, money printing, and as a consequence, very high inflation. Uh, as you know, the cost of government is driving up the cost of living. Uh, more dollars chasing fewer goods always leads to higher prices. That's why we have 30-year highs in inflation and all-time highs in housing inflation. House prices have doubled in just six, six or seven years. Um, that's what I call just inflation. There'll be more of that. Uh, but uh, we're going to fight back. Uh, as leader, I'm going to mobilize the Canadian people to pressure uh, more uh, reasonable liberal MPs and more uh, working-class-oriented NDP MPs to turn against their this backroom deal and ultimately pull apart the coalition, bring down the government in a confidence vote and win the the, the fourth the following election. Well, that sounds like uh, quite the plan, and I think there'd be many uh, conservatives that would be excited about that. I I, I want to ask you specifically, Pierre. So. Uh, 18 months ago, I had you on the show, it's September 2020, and we talked about the finances of the country at that time. Now, you must have a crystal ball somewhere because you predicted that Justin Trudeau would trigger an election um, and that he desperately needed a minority gov a majority government. Sorry, And you said that was for two reasons. One, because his spending was mathematically impossible to maintain and that in order to maintain it, he would need to have some kind of a massive tax increase. And second of all, because the ethics commissioner was going to expose some ugly truths about his government. And so I, I'm I'm wondering, you know, he, he did trigger that election. He thought he was going to win. He didn't. Uh, but it seems like with the deal that he came up with on Tuesday morning, he sort of managed to create a majority government out of nothing. So I, I want to revisit um, those predictions that you made. Uh, do, you, do you think that, that part of the reason this coalition is in place now is because of uh, the possibility of tax increases? Uh, and uh, what would that look like? And then also, what is the update with the ethics commissioner? I know they were investigating the WE scandal. Uh, where are we with that? Okay, let's start with the economy. Um, we, we now have about $3.50 of debt for every dollar of GDP in Canada. That number fluctuates between $3.50 and $4. That's uh, near record highs. That means for every one percentage point increase in interest rates across the economy that we, we 
we have to pay uh, 3.5% per, uh, in uh, of our economy in interest rates, in interest payments. Um, so just to give you a very uh, practical example of what that means. So the average uh, typical home, according to the Canadian Real Estate Association, costs 868000 bucks. There are about fifth of households have only 1% down uh, for pay purchases in the last two years. And about half uh, are variable. So if you've got a variable rate mortgage with 1% down, and you have about an $850,000 mortgage. If rates go up by just 1%, your annual mortgage payments are $8,500 higher, $8,500 more in annual recurring mortgage payments. Many families would clearly go bankrupt given that there are about a half of Canadians only have $200 left in the bank account at the end of each month. So I think you could have a serious household finance crisis. On top of that, uh, that same percentage point increase in interest rates adds one uh, adds $12 billion in annual cost to the federal government. So that means that tr the last thing Trudeau wants is for this uh, um, financial reality uh, to come to the surface, you know, and then uh, have the opposition vote him down and hold him accountable for having caused it. So this could give him you know, two or three years while Canadians are suffering under the hell of higher rates and inflation to avoid uh, democratic accountability. And as you said, if he runs out of money with the help of the NDP, he might be able to get through a very unpopular tax increase uh, that he would not have been able to pass in a normal minority parliament. Uh, so we, we don't know for sure exactly what they're going to do. It is possible that he would save tax increases for uh, an eventual, in his eyes, uh, future majority. Uh, but um, it is possible that that Jagmeet is going to back him up um, and, and get that passed. And, you know, the, Candace, one of the worst things about these coalition governments is that the more unpopular the, they are, often the longer they last, because the coalition participants don't want to face the music with the voters. So they bind together and hold themselves in office. Um, and that's why we need to have a strategy to pull it apart one MP at a time. Uh, on the ethics front, um, I mean, I think that the bigger issue is uh, where is the RCMP, and not so much the ethics commissioner, but, uh, the, but where is the R RCMP on the WE scandal um, and on the SNC-Lavalin scandal? Uh, the Mounties said they were looking into both. Um, and we haven't heard anything back. So we hope that that hasn't just gone into the law enforcement black hole again and that there is some legal accountability uh, for what happened in both of those cases. We know in both scandals, laws were broken because the ethics commissioner found Morno guilty uh, and uh, the uh, and found Trudeau guilty for the SNC scandal. Now it's time for the RCMP to come clean on whether or not criminal code violations occurred as well. Well, it seems like Justin Trudeau always has a way to avoid accountability. And I think that's one of the loudest complaints that I hear from True North viewers. I, I want to ask you about the priorities that the NDP and the Liberals have presented, because they, maybe they sound good on paper, the idea of universal pharmacare, universal dental care. When I hear about that, it strikes me as so painstakingly out of touch given the financial situation of this country, given the performance of our healthcare system over the past two years, it seems to me that we need serious change on this front, not just adding in more goodies, more entitlements uh, to a, a broken system, essentially. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. 
Well, the PharmaCare idea sounds terrific until you scratch the surface. Um, a lot of people will be far worse off in drug coverage if this plan goes ahead. Remember, 91% of Canadians have some kind of coverage, most of it through private sector employer-based plans. Uh, the very poor usually have coverage through their provincial social services, uh, and many people purchase their own um, private uh, uh, insurance for supplementary drug plans already. Finally, then there are also the, the, the small minority of very wealthy people who, who just pay out of pocket. Um, so the, very, the number of people who don't have some coverage and can't afford to pay for their medicine is, is you know, well below 10%. And you know, the answer would be to give uh, them some targeted assistance with their needs rather than creating a national governmental program that would ultimately incentivize employers to dump their private plans. And this is where it's going to become extremely unpopular, especially with unionized blue collar workers. Uh, if, if their employers say, well, we're paying for a government plan through taxes, so we're not going to provide you with the workplace plan, plan then these workers would, could end up stuck with an inferior government plan that has a smaller formulary and higher deductibles um, and much more, much less responsive. And you could find the NDP and Liberals face a massive backlash from the from their own voters, not just because it costs twenty billion dollars to to institute this new national bureaucracy, but because people are actually get worse drug coverage. Um, and um, so I'm in favor of of keeping our market based system uh, with possibly some of some incentives to cover the very small minority of people who don't have coverage now. Um, that is far superior. You remember when Kathleen Wynne uh, brought in this uh, program provincially for people under the age of 26? You know how she paid for it? She actually cut the, the, what were the drugs that were covered for children's cancers um, at uh, the children's hospitals. So we had doctors at the Ottawa hospital here uh, for children having to call drug companies and ask for donations uh, of drugs to save the lives of kids who were literally on their deathbed. Uh, because Gwyn actually cut off these kids from cancer drugs uh, so that she could pay for a governmental program to help um, 22-year-olds uh, get acne medications uh, over at their local drug stores. So again, they, these, they, they sound wonderful uh, when, they're, when they're announced, but in practice, they can not only be extremely expensive, but uh, very detrimental to the health and the coverage of Canadians. Oh, that's truly awful. I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I had a question about the, the trucker convoy, because it seems to me that what we experienced this year in this country was essentially a huge working class uprising and backlash against the governing elites. And it seems that the NDP was once the party that represented those sorts of people. Well, no longer. I mean, first we saw uh, Justin Trudeau refuse to meet with them, call them every name in the book. Jagmeet Singh essentially kind of went along with that. And now here we have the NDP essentially just joining the Liberals, turning their back completely on those people. Uh, what, what does that mean to uh, hardworking people in this country uh, that that don't feel that they have representation in the uh, NDP left-wing socialist party anymore? Well, they're coming to vote for me. Uh, that's why I'm attracting massive crowds. You know, I've had rallies with over a thousand people and uh, it's mostly working class folks. I was traveling through Quebec. I had 250 people in Laval, a place where we typically finish third or fourth. Huge crowds in Trois-Rivières, Quebec City, Montreal, all populated with working class people, many of whom tell me they never even voted in their lives. But there, as you say, there is a working class um, uprising in this country. 
people who've been cast aside, they've been told to shut up and do what they're told um, and let the powerful elites in Ottawa run their lives for them. And they're saying, no, they've had it. Um, these are the people who do the nation's work. They build our roads, they deliver our goods, they feed our families, uh, they build our, our, our structures, our homes, our, our office buildings, and they get very little credit. And they've been under attack for years now. The entire monetary system is designed right now to destroy their wage, the purchasing power of their wages while inflating the asset values of the billionaire class. Now the Liberals and NDP want to stand with the billionaire class and the managerial elite against these working people. Well, I've got news for them. They are, these people uh, deserve a, a strong voice and I am that voice and they will be part uh, of a future conservative government that stands on their sides, puts them back in control of their lives by making Canada the freest nation on earth. So how do you dismantle that system, Pierre? I mean, you, 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 I've heard you talk about how 40, 50 years ago, a working class person could afford to buy a house, uh, whereas today their children, grandchildren who are Canadian college educated uh, cannot afford to buy that same sort of house. H how, do you, how do you turn that around? How do you get things back to the way that they were uh, back when a single income uh, a family could afford to buy a home in, in the suburbs or in the cities in Canada? Well, we have to bring back hard money. You know, the the reason that what, what has happened here is like I told the story of uh, many of your viewers might not have seen it, but of, of a, a uh, an Italian family that came to Ottawa in 1974. And uh, on from the wages of uh, the father who worked uh, paving roads and the mother who was making sandwiches at seniors homes, they were able to buy a handsome bungalow uh, in downtown Ottawa for about forty or $50,000, something like that. And they paid it off in seven years. You know, they grow their own food in the backyard and, and never went to restaurants, paid it off seven years, right? Their grandkids now, um, all these years later, uh, would not be able to afford that house, uh, even though they, their grandkids are going to be university educated uh, and supposedly living in a country that has had a half century to advance and grow. We should be able to afford better houses 50 years on than we did back then. Uh, and yet um, there is no way that that house, which is well over a million dollars now, could ever be owned by someone just coming out of university uh, with a degree in, in liberal arts or even in, in, in business or engineering. So what is happening is, is in the early 70s, government started printing massive uh, quantities of cash in order to fund their spending. That led to inflation, especially asset price inflation. And so the cost of things like houses has outgrown the, the wages of the working people. So I'm going to reinstate um, hard money, uh, give the Bank of Canada, again, the singular purpose of keeping inflation low and very low. And I'll be very specific about that. Um, but also we need to, un instead of creating cash, we need to start creating more of what cash buys. We need to incentivize our municipalities to spill the speed up building permits. Right now it takes seven to 10 years from the time you buy the land to the time you build on it. We have the lowest per capita number of houses of any country in the G7, even though we have the most land. And so I'm going to be taking a very strong stand uh, to um, require um, incompetent big city mayors to get out of the way and speed up build building permits, allow for more land for housing so that we can build uh, millions of affordable homes for our young people. So that, that, that the dream that that, uh, that Italian family I mentioned uh, who came here almost a half century ago can, 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 can live on for their grandkids. 
Well, that sounds like a plan, a wonderful plan. And I think that what's very clear, Pierre, is that we just need change from the Trudeau government, the the, the spending, the out of control, uh, big growth of government uh, system. And it seems like that, you know, there's lots and lots of ideas over on the conservative side. So appreciate your time this morning, Pierre. Thanks for joining the program. Excellent. Great to be with you. Uh, all the very best to you and your family. Thank you so much. That's Pierre Polyev, MP for Carleton. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.